Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And once again, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on board the CEO of the Titans, the Multiplied Titans cricket franchise, Dr. Jacques Fall. Jacques, welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. Jacques, I, I know I'm going to use a cricketing term here um, of days gone by where people would complain about the fact that cricket matches went for five days and they never became a result. It was long and it was boring. But that clearly is not what's been happening in the administrative side of cricket here in South Africa over the last six months or so, and particularly for you over the last two months. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's quite a busy time. Uh, so we, we come out of Boxing Day and then going straight into the, the SA20. So it's, it's been, a, been a busy time. But I guess there's a saying, there's only one thing worse than a lot of work, and that's no work. So we are thankful yeah. that we are hosting, hosting matches. Let's talk about the Boxing Day Test match. Great success. Um, I know everybody would have liked it, perhaps from a financial point of view, to go a few more days. But the result at Centurion was absolutely fantastic. And you you, you got away with a, a very good crowd and, I guess, commendable reports from around the world for what was a fantastic Boxing Day Test match. Yeah, I think the, the weather held up. Uh, there was 90% rain predicted for day one, and, and we got all three days in, so day one as well. So we were thankful for that. A good crowd, which... Um, even surprises me during that period of time, but, um, it looks like, you know, there is support for boxing there. And I think good cricket played. We probably would have liked a, a day four, um, just in terms of, of, of revenue because it was supported so well. But, um, you know, the, we, we prefer a wicket like it. Uh, we, we, we want a result wicket even for our four day matches. It's always had good bounce. Um, as long as it's still a fair contest it's an, uh, between bat and ball, we 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 comfortable with it. I, I do think you you sometimes don't get it spot on. It's not a fifty fifty, and it and, and in our case, it probably favoured uh, the ball a little bit more. And the overcast uh, conditions um, help the bowling as well. But those are things that we realise that we can't control. Um, you know the weather conditions. Um, but yeah, a good test. I thought it was really good. Be thankful for the support. It was good cricket played. Um, but you know, probably a fairy tale story for for Dean Elgar scoring one one eighty five. So that was good to see. That obviously is was was a great highlight. And then the disappointment of hearing the fact that uh, he's decided to stop playing Test cricket for South Africa. Great disappointment, especially with the tour to New Zealand coming up. Yeah, I I think he's he can definitely still play in terms of skill level. I also feel that I, I don't think we've got a. A top six that is, um, um, you know, cemented. You know, I don't think it's six batters, which I feel, you, you know, can, can almost replace him in test cricket. But, um, yeah, he hasn't played for a, for a long period of time. I'm not sure. I'm not privy to the, um, to the future plans of, of the coaching staff. I'm not sure if that play, played a role, but yeah, we, I felt he had a season on, or two left in him per, personally. Um, so that is quite disappointing. Also, if you, you know, if you nearly scored 200 against India, you can still play. Yeah. And then, of course, it must be a huge fill in your cap by the virtue of the fact that the, the new captain for New Zealand, of course, Neil Brunt, one of your captains who obviously has played under and played uh, Dean Elgar as well. Yeah, he's, he's a natural leader. He's a good player as well. Um, I'm actually sorry for... Um, controversy, uh, you know, surrounding their selection. It is actually unfortunate. Um, I felt very sorry for the guys that debuted during COVID, you know, to play your first game 
and then there's nobody to cheer you on i think and and this is in a way similar you know to you can imagine how excited one will be if you if you um if you are informed that you can apply for the protest so that is, that is um sorry but you know i think all of those players got opportunity to actually climb a stake in 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 the team neil's good enough um and and i've got um uh, utmost belief in him and he would have debuted at some stage he is a is a solid cricketer um he's a natural leader you know, just a good human being I mean, he's he's, uh, he's just Afrikaans uh, Aidan Markerman. So, um, you know, he's, he's a fantastic lad. So I hope these players um, play well and, and you know, climb the stake. Um, the top six batters aren't cemented for me. Um, I'm, I'm happy for Aidan. I think Aidan's done well in the test. But to be fair, I don't think any of the six can climb. Probably probably Temba in terms of average um, over the last couple of years, he can climb. But look, I should be in there, especially if you're captain. But, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of um, opportunity still there. I'm very impressed with Benningham. I think he's going to be a, a, a solid, solid international cricketer. He looks a very good cricketer, actually. Yeah, we've got uh, Neil on our program next week. Um, we have already recorded the interview with him, so he's got some wonderful things to say because, of course, the, the guys will be flying out to New Zealand, so we won't be able to interview him for next, next week. So he is on the show. And, and I think it, it, it's, again, another feather in your cap. When when I look back and I think of Berea Park and B-section Northern Transvaal cricket to where you guys are now, um, I was privileged to be at the opening of Centurion Park and seeing the progress of the union, whereas with no disrespect, and I, I admit the fact that I have blue and white blood flowing through my veins, but, you know, Newlands stroke, the Wanderers was the places to be. You guys have done an unbelievable job there, and we'll talk more about it in a moment, but you can be very proud of what you guys have accomplished, players and uh, facilities-wise. Yeah, I think this, the saying goes that we're standing on shoulders of giants. So, you know, this started long before before I arrived a decade ago. Um, Elise Lombard was a fantastic chief executive. But but it almost, I think, um, deserves to credit people like Alan Yordan, uh, Vili Basson. Uh, so the stadium was built in 86. Um, a guy like Vincent Sinovich, which has been a part of this union for 50 years, um, Brandon Foot, Richard Harrison. So, um, and then administrative excellence and a culture of administrative excellence under Elise Lombard. She was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's, it's an interesting, um, history as, as told by the people that's worked here. Somebody like Henry Matthews said that, uh, the, this region became competitive when he convinced the Afrikaans schools to take cricket as serious <laughs> and take the rugby. And now again, we got to reach out to other communities to, to make sure that we, we remain um, competitive. Um, but yeah, we've, we've been, I think uh, with, with the might of Transvaal dominating cricket, there was a bit of an overspill at the time. You, you remember Louis Foster came over, uh, Lee Bonnard himself. I mean, Lee, Lee was actually probably groomed to play for Transvaal rather for, for Northern Transvaal. And then you had the combinations of, uh, you know, the Afrikaans, fast bowlers and Fani de Villiers and, and Tasha's boss, Gerbrand Grobler, those guys that, that came in. And then the modern era where you have Faf and AB, um, um, the other Brevis now as well. So we've been, we've been very blessed. It's always a team. It's never one. I think we got, we've been blessed to have more stability on governance level, on board level cricket people that, um, you know, wants to support uh, the growth of the game. 
your temporary custodians, custodians, I said that the last time I spoke to you guys. So, you know, we don't own the game. I don't even think a federation or a union owns the game. Anybody that wants to play it or support it or coach it or score empire owns the game. So we, we mere servants of the game. And, and if you have people, high ranking people with that attitude over a long period of time, it allows you to be innovative. It allows you to, to progress. And to, you know, be to task um, to serve cricket. So we've been very fortunate. And on to one of the main topics that I'd like to discuss with you is what's uh, opening now, reservations, if you like, for it. But happening in September, the Supersports School of Excellence that you guys are putting on. Tell us about that. Yeah, it is the International Academy. Uh, we have, in the last two or three years, uh, globalized our, our brand and our efforts, um, which includes a, a product called the Global Cricket Tournament, which um, we've just had a women's tournament done at it. And it's a plug-in uh, concept, so anybody can play it, anybody can be part of it. We had a women's tournament with players from Japan and Namibia. Um, so that will continue. We, we think, um, and, and we, we've analyzed the external environment in, within the cricket world as quite deregulating and internet. And, and it is definitely become an international, um, global village and, and we want to partake in it. So we, we, we have. We think good enough facilities and enough coaches to attract anybody around the world. That doesn't exclude uh, any South African cities. They're expensive academy, but you do various short courses and you also coach, we believe, by the best. You also play against the Titans and it's got a tourism effect to it as well. We, we tour Cape Town. Um, exciting news. We, we're going to play in Gulland and in Cape Town. We also tour. Um, KZN and you live as a professional cricketer in a, in a hotel, we get you out. Um, you, you get coached by, um, Alan Donald, Gary Kirsten, uh, Albie Morocco, um, Vernon Philander, uh, Chris Morris, A.B. de Villiers, um, you know, and, and various others as well. So we, we do a, what we call power eating sessions with it because that is the future of the game. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it'll attract people, but we want to operate and, play within the world, not just in South Africa. Um, again, if you said to me 10 years ago that, you know, we'll have six Indian owners playing in domestic T20, um, would have sounded ridiculous, you know, one could have not foresee it. So as the Titans, we, we also got to make sure that our strategies aligns for, for international um, participation as well. I remember a story, um, conversation I had on a bus once with the late Bob Wilmer, who said to me that uh, when South Africa got to India and he was obviously took them along, they got onto a bus and he had in 1960 odd with a, a compass, he'd sort of written his name and the date on the back of the seat. And when South Africa got there, he was in that very self same bus. Yet here in South Africa, we give our tourists the best hospitality in the world. And it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, we're offering an opportunity to better players who can come back and beat us. Yeah, look, I, I doubt if, if uh, I'd be impressed if, if, if the academy's got that, that, that impact. Um, one needs to remember that talent identification um, nowadays happens earlier and earlier. I mean, we're looking at Steve Stork and this Andre Petorius and they're still in grade 11. They're not even in, in grade 12. So, so the, the um, international um, bodies pick up talent early. It's not like the old days where you actually got to go and play a bit of county cricket or come and play in South Africa as an international and then 
you know, you make a name for yourself. So, so that will be the, the first thing. What does happen though is, is the T20 has become a, a industry around the world and, and provide a lot of opportunities. Um, and we believe that this academy is another platform, um, that maybe plays that's lost out. I, I, I gotta be honest. I'll be impressed if somebody in England under 17 or under 19 squads come out. They'll probably be on a, on a, um, a young players program already, as with, with our guys. Like I said, it seems to get younger and younger all the time. Um, so the, the academy is 15 players and, and we wanted to, um, make provision that there is a life outside playing as well. So they'll do a level one coaching, level two coaching, umpire course, scoring course, turf management course, time management, event management, even the sports law, a lot of short courses in there. So it's almost also saying that this is quite a round of um, opportunity for people to come in and the white ball T20 market is so big now that uh, um, if, if you want to display your um, talents, um, this is a great opportunity. Because a lot of these coaches are involved with leagues all over the world. And I think that might be a, a, quite an attraction to, to people as well. Um, we, we have reached out to a, a few companies to, to see if they will sponsor um, players, especially, well, it will be South African players so that it's not just the elitist, so that you even get somebody um, you know, that can't afford to come to such an academy and, and, you know, have almost three months of, of, of intensive training. So we're also looking out, um, you know, to do that as well. Um, but you can imagine just the names I mentioned you is, it's a, it's a quality academy. I must be honest. Um, I, th- I think it's worth it, but you will definitely leave a more rounded person uh, after the three months, not just cricket, but in other things as well. You mentioned you're looking for sponsors to come on board. I understand that it's about 300,000 rand to attend the course. And how will you choose who comes? Yeah, so there's already um, a lot of people that's, that's starting to apply. Um, we, we'll reference it. We can only take 15 and, and we want to try and see if we can get a, a South Africans in as well. There is a lot of South Africans that apply. But it needs to be on a, on a certain level already. So um, if, you, if you're not a provincial cricketer, um, it's not the end of the world. One can have a look. But in South Africa, of course, it's easier to do trials and to have a look. But uh, now there will be – look, you're going to play against the Titans. And I um, – Dolphins, you'll play the academy, a combination of the academy and top side. So you've got to be on a certain stand. It's also a lot of money, actually, if you're not on the, on, on the, on, on the right uh, or on an adequate – level playing level to it then then we are wasting your money as well so it's not it's not something that we we want to do uh it is quite expensive if you if you we've got to set you up we've got to fly you around we've got to kit you out and then we also got to train you so um we will focus on having tourism experience as well i think if you want to come to england you want to see cape town don't you know want to be stuck in pretoria so unfortunately it all costs a bit of money um we, we did benchmark it on excursions done by English cricket schools. So what would they buy for a month? What would they buy for two months? They never got two months. So it, it was scientifically developed. We don't necessarily make, make a lot of money out of it. What, what happens is that we also get content, behind the scenes content for our GCT program, which is a behind the scenes uh, TV program. It's not a big money making thing that we're doing. We wanted to create an uh, international platform. Um, so that's part of our strategy. Let's just look at a comment that you made a moment or two ago about the fact that 10 years ago we wouldn't have dreamed of having six franchises in South Africa. Would we also have dreamed of them all being owned by 
companies or, or, or franchises from outside of South Africa? I think not, although, you know, a lot of companies in South Africa is, is owned outside South Africa. So, I mean, that, that is the effect of globalization, the people that can afford it, the people that um, operate in dollar. Um, I don't think the, the league would have been the success that, that, that it is, uh, if, if you don't have people with a lot of, um, money that's got deep pockets and invest in it. Again, it was open to any, anybody. I mean, any South African could have bought into it, but it is easier if you've already, um, got staff. It's easier if you're making money in dollars. And you've got the, of course, the Asian fan base that you can play to as well. So, um, you know, globalization, sports not isolated to globalization, actually shows how far we're going to go. It, it's, I, I think the ownership is, as, um, it was worldwide anyway. There's this uh, Caribbean presence, there's definitely American presence. England, I believe the 100 is, is looking to go in that way. Um, so yeah, you know, cricket is a big industry in India. It's got people that's got passion and capacity. And, you know, that is a, a combination that will lead to India globalizing, um, you know, their footprint in it. It's, it's been a success. I'm, you know, I'm actually sorry last night rained out, but, but I can tell you now the league has, has been a massive success. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm baffled that 10,000 people went to St. George's Park to watch the rainfall last night. I mean, that's just incredible. Who would have dreamt that that would ever have happened in cricket here in South Africa? But globally, um, the game is in trouble. And I, I mean, I, I don't want to sugarcoat anything um, without asking you to make comments on the situation at Western Province, for example, and at Free State, where the stadium uh, is in financial trouble. They've had to sell the stadium. Um, what's the solution, perhaps, to fix it? And I don't expect you to have all the answers, but what do you think is how can we fix the scenario? Because the eyes are in India, and eyes are what bring in the money, and they are controlling us by having the most number of eyes. Yeah, that's unfortunate that you have such a, um, a single powerful role player and, but, and, and that dominates your, your financial model. Um, in sport and, and in cricket, um, maybe let, let me restrict it to cricket. In cricket seems to be whatever is replacing what. So we started off with a longer firm format, then the ODIs, then day night cricket and now T20 cricket. Um, so we seem to cut off the, the overs. Um, cricket's being deregulized. So your, um, we've we've also cannibalized the game, and, and that goes for all codes. Because you make your money through a lens, the more content you have, the more money you make. Uh, and what has happened is um, players also earn a lot of money. Cricket's uh, fortunate that uh, one player can play for four, five, six clubs uh, even in a year. Um, so that's, that's protected it a, a little. Um, but we within the entertainment industry, so... Um, to survive in it, you've got to make sure that you're still relevant. Um, cricket organization per, per se doesn't make, make money. Um, it is the players in it. So you, you've got to be business savvy to at least break even, have a bit of reserves. Um, I, I, I feel sorry for Western Province and a lot's been written and, yeah, about it. It's still fertile ground for talent. I mean, you look at, uh, Beddingham, I know Berger comes from up here, but but again, he, you know, he's, he's, he's playing for Western Province. Um, they won the 50 over cup. Uh, their groundsman is is um, is a good groundsman. He got it wrong. I think he'll be the first to admit it. They they got it wrong. The the whole debate of should he be a you know full time employee? I'm not 
not totally sure about that. You know, cricket's only played for six months. Um, we had probably for 20 years an independent contract here. We've changed it, but not for none other reason is, is that we, we now outsource our own grounds. And so, you know, we talk about turnstile days, which is 25 a year. So, you know, it's, if there's a way that you can't or don't have to employ people full time, it's actually better that they do have a financial uh, challenge that, you know, I don't, I don't want to d- deny that. But the mere fact that you have a, a demerit system introduced by the ICC must be indication that, you know, we're not the only guys that gets it wrong. And, and uh, um, it's, it's a tough thing to do to prepare as a, as a test wicket. You know, it's not a one-day wicket. You can't just cut off the grass and roll it flat. So um, I, th- I think they got it wrong. But, you know, I've also seen over the years when things go goes wrong, it's a bit like a magnifying glass. Things look actually bigger than they, than they are. It's still an iconic stadium. I think people are disappointed because it is such an iconic stadium and it's such a beautiful stadium and it's got such a rich, rich um, history. So I, th- I can understand the disappointment and as administrators that's our job we, we must get it right uh, you know you've got to take accountability for it you remember a couple of years ago india played here we won the test with 135 runs uh, and Lungi took a fiver and everybody moaned because the wicket wasn't green it was brown and uh, back in the day said we'll take it on the chin congratulations on your on your on your win um but you know players also get it wrong no, they also nick off and uh, bowl full tosses. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we sometimes get it wrong. I've seen this Western Province wicket this season being a very good four-day wicket. And we lost the games. So just this hope prepares good wickets. But they also get it wrong. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where there's so many things that you've got to take into account. And uh, nobody does this. Like no player, um, you, you know, it's a full toss straight to the field and no groundsman wants to get it wrong. I'm not sure... Fact, if he had a different employment status, that he would have necessarily been better. I think he, you know, he prepared it to the best that he that he could. Um, but you know, sometimes you get the wickets wrong. South Africa also wants to play on on wickets that bounce. And and Shukri, to his credit, has never requested a specific wicket. That's true. And let me tell you, in the past, it was it was a clear message that um, when we go to Asia, it turns from ball one. So when they come here, it's got to bounce higher than the union ball. Yeah. And I mean, that gets stuck in someone's head. So you want to spice it up, which makes sense to me. I'm, I'm old school. I think it should be a, a, a fair contest between bat and ball. But don't think that our Oaks don't want to play on, 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 on wickets that gives us the best chance of winning. Um I understand that when they go to Asia, there's no grass on it. There's no fair contest. It turns, um, and, and, and probably that's where it comes from. Uh, it's been a debate all along. And I think that's unfortunately led to groundsmen rather have it a bit more spicy than too flat. And over the years, after our wicket that actually um, got criticized, you had the wonders wicket, where I think there was also a demerit point where they just left it too spicy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, you can't have it. It's interesting when people say we've got to know um, – you know, produce flat wickets. It's going to turn. If you roll it flat, it's going to turn. It's going to deteriorate. If you take all the grass off and you roll it, then day three and four and five, that's going to spin square. So if, you, if you've got armor and you've got cash off in there, you can do it. You play probably at a, at a coastal uh, venue like Durban or even PE. But, you know, if you've got that lovely bowl attack, you know, that's, you know, that's what you want to see. So it's also when they lose wickets, it's our great bowlers. And when we lose wickets, it's the pitch. So, you know, one needs to be yeah. careful, careful about it. But 
you know that's what makes test cricket intriguing um you know i'm i'm very sad that 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 window is 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 closing down i, I do think it's still a following I was a CEO that all I did was I announced in 2012 that we're not going to have a Durban Boxing Day. We're going to have three T20s against New Zealand. Yeah, I got eight mail. I remember asking our media advisor, is it okay? He says, no, people have moved on. They haven't. There's a lot of people that love test cricket. And, 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 and that's where that passionate outcry comes from. To me, that's actually wonderful. And we'll give a bit of oxygen to um, test cricket. Um but you know the, the schedule is is a nightmare. You've got the RPL, you've got the SA twenty. That's already blocked out. Yeah, um, not a lot of time left. What upsets me a little is that um, the criticism that was levelled at the Newlands wickets, and yes, nobody wanted the game to end in a day and three quarters or whatever it was. But when people get bowled out in two days or two and a half days on a turning pitch in India, which is like playing on a gravel track. Oh no, nobody says anything. But where I feel the most sorry for, and I'm sure as an executive of a large stadium, those poor blokes that stocked their little vending stalls and their Buravos rolls and their cold drinks and everything, and the spectators who were wanting at least four days of cricket in Cape Town under the beautiful sunshine. I understand if a game gets washed out, it's, that's the weather. Those are the people that I feel the most sorry for. And I think that a lot of criticism has been leveled to this poor groundsman. With respect, um, there were a couple of really bad shots played by players who are in one day in T20 mode, which is not the fault of the unions. No, absolutely. Look, if you think back, test cricket was played on uncovered um, pitches. Yeah, uh, They didn't cover it for the rain. So, so it's a long time ago, but I mean, that's how they played test cricket. Um, so, you know, the short and the long is, it, you, for me, you need a combination. You need a spicy wicket. You need good bowling and both teams have very good bowl attacks. Then the other thing that you, you do need is you need batters that's uh, not, not keen on, on just staying in. And that combination almost gets you to that 55 or six wickets for, for odd runs because if, if you really analyze it, how many balls really kicked off a length that resulted in a wicket? Um, to me, it, you know, nobody was really, really patient. Look, it wasn't, it wasn't a good wicket. I, I, it, it just, um, yeah, yeah, you know, it wasn't great. I think uh, it, they'll be the first to admit it. Um, however, I, I think it's a combination of things. Uh, you, you're so right. You know, you know, people want to come and, and watch cricket. There isn't a lot of Test cricket, so um, a venue host one Test a seasons. So and and so the fans first is the one that loses out. Yeah, sure the. And nowadays, uh, your, your, your food and beverages are controlled by, by one big company. So the days are gone where, you know, you've got your local, like really just coming in and doing it. So it is all of in South Africa. We got the same guys, but they still make provision for, for one or two or three or, or few of your local vendors that comes in. And I also only have one test. So one is not blessed with a lot of opportunities to firstly come and see a test cricket and to, to, of course, um, you know, sell things. So when, when it goes wrong, um, uh, yeah, it's got a ripple effect as well. Also sweets. You can imagine if I buy a sweet for a whole yeah. year, you know, I get a, um, there's only so many games. So now I, I unfortunately only have a, um, limited time to, to use my box. And unfortunately that doesn't help us as, as, as well. Um, but I almost think that they'll bounce back. Uh, you've got Corey, uh, Van Sale that, that, that's been, 
sent there by Cricket South Africa. He's a very experienced administrator. He's a very structured individual. So I think they'll they'll make an impact back. There's a lot of passionate people in the Cape that supports cricket. Because that's the other thing. The Cape they they tick a lot of boxes. I tell you, it's a it's a great stadium, and and the people come and support. That's two big boxes to 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 tick. And there's a there's yeah. a love for the game in the Cape, and I think people are knowledgeable. So there's a big boxes to tick. But you got in, you almost feel that that if if the groundsman gets it gets it right, which he can do because he has done it in the past, then then you're not far off. There's a lot of talent as well. You watch this SA SA twenty. People will support that that stadium. They'll be there. I don't have to ask, are you ready? Because I know you are. You must be excited. Sunday coming along, um, your first game in the tournament at home. I know you play the Paul Royals in the beautiful uh, Portland Stadium. Uh, what can the fans expect? Same spectacle yeah. as last year? Bigger, better? I think definitely more support. Last year, every match was nearly sold out. And, and I think this year it's going to sell out. Um, we, we are selling fast. So, um, you know, we work so well with the, with the capitals. They, I think the one thing they did that right is they, they went with the light blue as, as their playing kit. I think if you, you can put anybody in light blue in Pretoria and they'll support them. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> it is. No, they, you know, I think these are just, but they focus on just the type of color, then, then they're in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, looking forward to it. Um, you know, I encourage people to buy, don't wait for on the day because you know, you most likely will be disappointed. You've heard it from the chief executive officer of the Titans, Dr. Sharkfall. As always, thank you so much for your honesty and lovely chatting to you again and all the best for 2024. Thank you. Thank you for providing me the opportunity. Always nice to that chat. Is, that is tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. As always, be nice to each other. Until next time, bye for now.